Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast, episode 113. And it's another double act and both of them are debutants again. Pleasure to be joined by FPL Chef. How are you doing, mate? Now and then, how's it going? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. You were obviously a big FPL following, but you've been on FI, I hear, kind of since the start. Yeah, so I started on FI when it very first started and it was just media buzz and it was horrific. <laughs> it wasn't good. But, uh, you yeah, know, I dipped my toe in, bought 60 Wilfred Bonnies by accident and now took me one and I left. And I've come back last summer and I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I've made some decent money on youngsters and IPOs. So I can't complain. Great to hear, man. Great to hear. I mean, coming back six months, you, you started again six months ago and you, you found it a bit better than you did with the media buzz then? Yeah, just a bit. So yeah, I just started from scratch, just threw a lot of money in and just got cracking. I was talking to FI addict. Oh yeah, uh, Chris. yeah good, good lad. I've asked him so many questions about football index. I've probably done his head writing. <laughs> yeah, he's a good lad. He knows his stuff. He's directed me when I've needed direction. So yeah, he's a good lad. Good lad, good lad. We're also joined by another debutant, as I mentioned, Luar Luar. How are you doing, mate? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. You just posted some some good PB stuff, didn't you, on Twitter? Yeah, I thought I'd prep a little bit, seeing as I'm a debutant, and I feel like I've made it being on the pod, to be honest. I feel like I'm a big shot now. Get a few followers. I've been stalking <laughs> you from afar, don't worry. <laughs> Eyes and ears everywhere, mate. It's all part of being part of the FITP, you know? It uh, <laughs> comes with its pros. Why don't you tell us a bit about your uh, football index journey? I joined at the tail end of last season. Talking about first buyers, I think mine was Idrissa Gay, still at Everton. And it's only gone up since there, really. I've changed tactics a lot. And then now this is pretty much my last month on FI because I'm going traveling in Jan, Feb, and I think I'm going to leave it for a while. Oh, and then when man. I get back, I think I'm going over to Betfair because... Oh, yeah? Yeah, I feel like my long-term profit on there is probably better than it could be on here. Wow, this has suddenly turned into a really awkward podcast. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Sorry. I'll keep my, I'll play with my profit, of course. Where, where are you uh, off to? Where are you traveling? Just the usual kind of uni student route, like Thailand, Laos, uh, Cambodia. Classic. Not allowed FI out yeah. there just yet. <laughs> Although we were promised a, a China freemium at one point. I, that never really materialized. But anyway, that's for another podcast. But moving on to, you know, Betfair, like what's the, what's the crack there, mate? You've, you've completely diluted my brand here on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Is there a reason for that? I, I, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not messing around. I, I just, I am messing around. I just, I am pretty curious. Lots of hands in different pots. And I just thought long term, like I spent too much time on FI, spent too much time on the forum when I started. That's how I kind of got into it. <laughs> Some guy said, no one can predict any riser 100%. And then this guy said, okay, Sterling will do this, that, and that, and it'll go up a pound 50. And then I put all my, you know, that starter money, 500 pounds you have in, and I put that on Sterling. And then obviously he went up like two pounds at the tail end of last season with all that buzz. And then I got addicted to the forum, got addicted to FI. So now I think Betfair's like a bit more chill. I mean, I'd ask the likes of Panda and uh, Big Don if that's actually the case, because I mean, I've tried trading a little bit, but Betfair and it's... Uh... It's tough. You you need a you need an edge. You really do. I didn't have one. I'll tell you <laughs> that for free. We've got a load of miscellaneous questions. We were saying before we started the pod, actually, that this was one of the weirdest kind of array of questions we've had, but also weird because they were very much like, what about this chef and what about this Luar Luar? So uh, we'll start off at Football Index SOTD. says, chef is probably my favorite handled FPL account. 
What do you prefer, the FPL or the index for one, knowledge, two, banter, and three, cooking skills? I think he needs to follow some new people if I'm his favourite, to be honest. <laughs> I just talk rubbish most of the time. So what was it, knowledge? Probably the football index more a lot more knowledge about, about football than the FPL lot. The FPL lot, not all of them, but a good like ninety nine point nine percent of them probably just like I think XG is like some kind of cheat code for FPL and it does mind nothing to be honest. Can we just uh, one second? Because like I've seen you slag XG off so much and I want to know what the gripe <laughs> is with it and why you think people are using it wrong. I don't have a great with XG as such. I mean, all my like stuff I do, you know, it's centered around XG. I just think that people put too much stock in it you know, when it comes to FPL. Let's take Jamie Vardy, for instance. Like He's scored, what is it, eight matches on the trot now. Four matches ago, people were saying, this is unsustainable. He won't do it. He will not keep scoring. It's not going to happen. And like, <laughs> I mean, I've had Jamie Vardy in my team since this run started. It's, it's like, well, well why is that then? Well, because he's outperforming his XG. But well, what's that got to do with anything? Like, <laughs> Just because he's outperforming his XG, does that mean he's going to put a shot wide? Oh, okay, then. Do you know what I mean? It's just bollocks. Like, <laughs> it's just people like just, just regurgitate this like stuff that they, they see these like stats form accounts and that. And I love stats form dog. I actually get them off all because they really know the stuff. But just regurgitate it and think, oh yeah, this sounds good, so I'll put that. I'll put that out there and saying stuff like Jamie Vardy's outperforming his XG, so he ain't gonna keep scoring. Is, is like one of my biggest bugbears. And I, I mean, you'll know the stuff I tweet. I just rip into people and <laughs> tweet stuff like that. I don't think twice about it. I'm in trouble all the time. <laughs> I got banned from Twitter for 12 hours last week. So. Oh dear. Oh dear. XG is a weird one because like, obviously it depends on how good a finish of the player is as well. Mm. You know, yeah, like, elite, elite finishers will consistently outperform their XG. You know, it happens. Also, I don't think a lot of the models don't account for 1v1 situations very well. So someone like Vardy, who's always behind the lines, the regression, if there is one, won't be as big as people think it will be. And like people use understat, and, and theirs is probably like one of the worst models for of XG. You know, and that's one of the most commonly used XG models out there because it's free. It doesn't account for a few things like defender pressure and stuff like that. It, it's just that's what my gripe is like. Really. Anyway, back to the question. <laughs> <laughs> banter. So banter. Oh man, like football index accounts can't handle banter at all. <laughs> like, come on, let's let's be serious for a minute. Like that GMK man, he, he he well he blocked me after about a week. I'll tell you what happened with him. So I saw him. I he collared one of my tweets and he was saying, "Oh yeah, why don't you come follow me and jump into the index community? You'll have a right laugh." I was like, "Oh, all right." Man. And uh, he put something about Bernardo Silva being Man City's most like best attacking player, most creative player. <laughs> He's going to be a top five player in the world. And I just I, I called him out on it straight away. I was like, look, mate, you're seeing this, right? So Bernardo's just had his best season ever. It's not even touching 2017-18 Kevin De Bruyne. Like, you're talking absolute tripe. What are you on about? And he's like, oh, Bernardo will be five pounds before long and all this. I'm just like, no, mate, what? Like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be, it's not going to, he said he was going to win the Ballon d'Or next year. And I was just like, no, it's not. Like, it's not going to happen. So he blocked me. I think he he had a wacky prediction about who would be top of the index by like, I think he did it last summer or something like that. And he was like, yeah, Hazard's going to be top of the index. It's like, what? He's, uh, you know, he's just moved to Madrid. Yeah, I mean, is he not? You can't even start the argument. There's no point. Uh, he's, he's, he's obviously on crack, isn't he? Like, <laughs> he just talks rubbish, man. That's the only football index I can't really like, fall out with, I suppose. But you know, like I do, I do have to laugh when I see like the football index Twitter police like doing the rounds and 
to be fair though, like Vernie Index, like that that was funny that. He was funny that guy. Oh, see, he's a funny fella, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Met him in real life, he's a funny fella. Yeah, I bet he is. But yeah, I mean, to be fair though, the FPL are about that much better because I'm blocked by about 500 of them. So I don't know why, mate. I've got absolutely <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I just attract trouble. I'm just, you know, I'm just. Again, I have no idea why. No idea why. <laughs> what about cooking skills? Are you, are you actually a chef? So I was a chef for 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, before I moved over to, I did went to uni when I was 24. So then I studied psychology and I work in the mental health sector now. But yeah, before that, I was a chef for about 10 years since leaving school. Wow. Amazing stuff. Amazing. But yeah, I am an actual chef. <laughs> Luar, Luar, any uh, culinary skills on your part? No, not at all. I meant to do starters this year for Christmas or something, but I don't know what to do, man. Like, oh, prawn cocktail, I can't go wrong. Uh, yeah, but I don't like fish. You know, they, they <laughs> that little black <laughs> that little black thing down prawn's back, that's their shit. <laughs> To ruin prawns for you, so they've got shit down their back. Yeah, yeah, I know that. It's, it's alright. What are you? Oh, what has this descended into? A ten minute sentence. <laughs> I don't think anything smart has been said. But Aaron Palace is a, is a good lad. Always commenting on the pods every now and then. Which Luar Luar would have been the best hold on football index? Newcastle Luar Luar 01 to two thousand four. Pompey Luar Luar two thousand five two thousand seven. Or Kazenga Luar Luar, and he says in brackets, <laughs> lol. Well, Newcastle and Pompey are the same one, <laughs> but I assume he's talking about the different time periods. Yeah. He would have actually been great for media. He got sent on loan to Pompey because he called out the manager for not playing him. And then the manager basically said to the press, shut up and do your job. And then he sent him off to do his job elsewhere. And then in his second game or something, Pompey Lualoa scored a 90th minute equaliser and celebrated wildly against the Newcastle fans. Who was boss at the time? Was it Joe Kinnear? I have no idea. I think it was. <laughs> I only know about Lualoa. <laughs> but then they changed the rules so that lone players can't play against their parent clubs. So we would have got a bit of media for that because of Lualoa. He's just joined a non-league side like a month ago. He is a journeyman. He is joined about he is joined. 14 different clubs, all starting with like Al Peterborough Sports. He's getting paid. That's what he's doing. Because <laughs> I just went and typed in Lamana Lualoa transfer news on just on Google and yeah he's got himself another move fair play I think this is a question I did the most research on <laughs> <laughs> says a lot about where this uh, where this podcast is going to go I honestly no this next one was the weirdest question by a FI Wacky Trader if you had to choose a goalkeeper to hold but they had no arms which one would you pick and if you had to pick an outfield player who had no legs who would you pick Right, so goalkeeper with no arms, you go Jordan Pickford because he's practically got no arms anywhere. No way, you go De Gea. Renowned for saving with his feet. Yeah, that's a good shout. I would probably go Neuer because it'd just be like another outfield player, yeah, right? sweeper, Kifu, just be on the halfway line. Imagine it bombing it out of his penalty area with no arms. Isn't it aerodynamic? <laughs> <laughs> Flying headers everywhere. What about outfield player with no legs? That's hard. But it depends where the legs are. Is it like literally hip down? Do you know what I mean? Nah, legs has got to be from the hips. Yeah, yeah sure. Damn, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, it's a nutty question. I think I'd go Suarez because he'd just go around biting everyone and you'd still get media buzz. Half of them play with only one leg, one foot, to be honest. Anyway, so I think they'd, I'd, I think they'd adapt pretty quickly. How could you adapt with no legs? All oh, right, that, that, that wasn't a serious comment. And neither of this, but I'd say Lukaku's touch would probably get better if he had no legs. All right, I think we'll move swiftly on with that. I won't answer that one. I don't even know what to say to that one, really. Danny says, uh, any cool trading techniques or philosophies? If you could liken your trading history 
to a movie, song, or series, what would it be? Probably be lost because it started all right in the summer and now like, it's just petered out and gone. <laughs> so it'd probably, probably be lost. Well, it started well with your Bonnie buys. My philosophy it's you know, to get on with the rest of the question. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of like play football index, if you like, like a play football manager. I'm always looking for the next youngster, the player who can move on to the big club and get the big rise. I dread to think how many hours I've put into football manager over the years. Yeah, that's pretty much my philosophy is, is youngsters, really, and who's going to get the next big move. Mm. How do you kind of end up valuing them, Chef? Because obviously there's a lot of kind of, it's so hard, isn't it, when they're so young, you never know where they're going to go. Are you, how do you tell if someone's expensive or cheap? It, I mean, it's that's all part of the gambling, I suppose. Like, one I had earlier in the summer was Robert Gaga for uh, Hoffenheim. I got him for like, I think it's what, 51p. And then he, over the last few months, he's gone up. It went up to like just over a quid. I sold and then it's, it's just sank. But then on the other hand, I bought uh, Michael Quazans. Bought him when he got that move to buy him because I thought it, his price would push on a bit. And his, his price has just absolutely tanked. He's gone down from like one, I think I bought him about £1.20 and he's gone to 96p. Like you say, it's really difficult. I suppose you just got to look at the big picture. Is the club going to be winning trophies? Is he going to get in the national team? Look at comparative youngsters in, in and around the league in the same team, all that kind of stuff. How long is he going to be there? Is he injury prone? There's loads of factors, but it's really difficult to value players. More so at the minute because like PB players are on the rise. It's not easy. It's not easy. Do you not get tempted to kind of try your hand at the PB side of things a bit more? All the time, mate. All the time. And I've held Benjamin Mendy since his price tanked in the summer when it became apparent that he won't come back from injury. It looks like he's going to win the defender bus tonight. And, you know, in my ear, it's going to be like, well, maybe you should just, you know, throw some money into Messi or Cruz or the like. It's not easy money, but it's, you know, you know you're going to be with another shot every week. Mm. And now the, the dividends are going up. It's, you know, it, it does look attractive. It really does. But I just think that the way the market is at the minute, I've probably missed the boat a bit on the PB. But, you know, it'll come back around after the January transfer window, I, I reckon. So. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to tag on here. Trading techniques wise, I did an interesting thing. Or I think it's interesting anyway. <laughs> looking at yesterday, <laughs> looking at people who are outperforming their team. Yeah. Kind of in their position unit. So you can look at someone like Emiliano Buendia for Norwich or whatever. And he's posting like, I don't know what his PB average is, but it's, it's near enough 100%, but it, 100, sorry. But it's like 30% over Norwich midfields, like kind of average. So then you can like, I do a lot on Excel. So if I type in Man City, I can kind of project what he will get if he's in Man City's midfield or Leicester's midfield or wherever. Like, So if someone gets rumours, I can like type in a team and then they'll be projected that. And that's quite an interesting way to look at players. Like I did that with Sensi mm. at the beginning of this year, which has obviously worked out great because he was completely outperforming that Sassoula midfield. And then obviously he gets picked up by Inter. You've got to be certain that they're going to be as dominant in a team though, right? Because for example, Certainly. if, if Wendia went to Man City, I'm not sure he'd play that much or be as dominant. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I think Chef, our friends over at the, who's got the assist, they talk about kind of talisman theory a lot. I was speaking to Tom, who, who runs the, who got the assist count and does the podcast with Nick on a weekly basis. <laughs> Shout yeah, out to yeah. Nick. They talk about talisman theory and I was like, you know, that is probably the most transferable FPL to FI thing for me because if you've got someone who's really dominant in a team, they can be really good for PB, even if a team's quite crap. I mean, that Leon team wasn't amazing when Nabil Fakir was really good for PB like a season and a half ago, but because he was so good and so dominant, he ended up hitting up some big scores. 
I'm good friends with Nick and Tom. And yeah, the the, the Talisman's theories is pretty decent what they do. Let's say Zaha, I mean, he's not really doing much at the minute, but he's probably the most dominant player in that Palace team. And if he gets a move to Chelsea, you know, he's probably, I mean, I haven't checked his scores or he'd be well placed for a decent PB score, you'd think, in a, in a more dominant team where he's going to have more dribbles and more crosses and all the rest of it. Yeah, you've got to look at context and, and position as well. Like, no one's done real, like, deep analysis on FI into, like, people transitioning from team to team. But I imagine that defenders are the most easy to predict. Yeah, but um, Luar Luar, you didn't uh, answer the last bit of that question. If you could like your trading history to a movie song series, what would it be? Oh, God. I'd love it to be Moneyball. Have you seen that? Yeah, good but film. It's not Moneyball. Not <laughs> quite yet. <laughs> not quite Wolf of, Wolf of Wall Street. Not yet. No, it would be like a shit like Bollywood remake of Moneyball <laughs> or something if they did that. <laughs> it has to be Bollywood. Am I going to even be allowed to publish this podcast at the end of the day? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into the questions, the proper ones, hopefully less kind of Bollywood remixes of Moneyball. I'm not sure if that's a thing. If that is a thing, shout out to whoever's done that and, you know, definitely tweet us. I've just released a video called Top 5 Tips to uh, Long-Term Trading on Football Index. If you guys haven't checked that out, please do go over on my YouTube channel, just type in Football Index Guide, you'll, you'll find me and have a look at that video. Do leave a like, subscribe, comment, whatever you like to do and all that good stuff. Really appreciate it. So hopefully it can help. I mean, I was looking on my YouTube channel the other day. I saw that about 5,000 people have watched the top five in play tips video. So I was like, why don't I do a long term one as well? And maybe I'll do like a midterm and kind of like flipping, but not in play kind of one. And if you guys are listening to this right now and you're, you've still stuck around after 20 minutes of absolute garbage and you think this podcast is worthy of five stars, go over to Apple iTunes and do leave a five star review, please. Really appreciate it. Almost 200 there. So it'd be amazing to get there. In the end, Dazzler FI, he says, don't want to fuel another messy debate, but I've noticed a lot of pro-messy tweets from FI, the Twitter account recently, so the official FI Twitter account. More generally, do you think it's right for them to praise, essentially pump players, and how much influence do you think could they have on specific player markets? Yeah, but they do it about loads of players, don't they? They do, they do. Personally, it doesn't affect me, so I don't really care, but... I don't know. You look at other companies like betting companies and they're always promoting odds and stuff. And it's not an apples to apples comparison, but I don't know if it affects it that much. People are going to buy or they're not going to buy, aren't they? Yeah, I, I don't ever see a tweet from FI and I'm like, I'm all in. <laughs> Isn't it? It was with a meme or something. So it's not going to convince any savvy traders to buy it, I guess. Mm. I guess if you're starting out and you're looking at the FI account and they're pumping Messi, who... I don't know if it's a good hold or not. I haven't really done any analysis into him. But it can be dangerous, I suppose, if, you, if you're new and you're looking for guidance. I think FI are probably just worried that, you know, if a lot of people like ship him and his, his price tanks, like it, the market will actually shit itself. Like that's probably what they're worried about. I mean, it does have to, though, at some point. Oh, of course. I mean, he's got his, I mean, he's, he's got an exit there, hasn't he now? And he's supposed to be going back to Argentina in 2021. I think I put a poll out the other day saying how long does he have left winning divs. The reaction was around, the average was around like 2.4 or something. Is that enough to win his price back? I don't really know. But Yeah, it's, I'm looking at your poll now, actually. Uh, I'm not looking at your poll, the, the poll on Twitter. Most people said two years at this kind of level. Or oh, actually said, how many seasons does Messi have left winning dividends? Yeah. That's surprising to see that people are saying only two. I mean, even if you went back to Argentina, it's still... Like, it's still have a shot at media buzz, surely. <laughs> it banged like seven in a, in a match or something, you know what I mean? It, it just like now and again. I can't see him going back to Argentina playing at this level, though. It's like, it would be madness, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, well, his plan's always to go back to Newell's and play for Newell's, wasn't it? So he wanted to end his career there. The rumour is that in, I'm sure it's, it's either 2021 or 2022 that he's, he's going to go back to Argentina. Mm. Uh, it'll probably depend on who's next Barcelona coaches because Valverde didn't win the Champions League this season and surely he's gone he's a terrible manager isn't he <laughs> yeah they've wasted Messi's last few years haven't they really yeah he's been bailed out by Messi a lot hasn't he oh, he's terrible absolute terrible manager the thing is as well am I right in saying the South American leagues they start in January am I going mental in thinking that they definitely start at a different time yeah depends on what it is so Brazil starts in January but that's the state championship like Serie A Brazil League that starts in I think it's June can't remember for the life of me when Argentina League starts I'm on Wikipedia I want to say October I'm no closer to finding out <laughs> when does Argentinian League start I think it's just started I'm sure it's just started because I follow news all boys on, on Twitter so I don't think it's long started the 2019-20 season started in July 2019 and will end May 2020 that's a bloody long league what yeah. the hell but yeah, okay, maybe I was wrong. I was going to make a point about how he could like just go there in January for the last six months of his career, but that's a defunct point now. For the price side of things, Luar Luar, you know, if he is 32 now, mm. there is going to be that exit date, as Chef said. Are people trying to factor in maybe further dividend increases in the future? Like maybe that he could do like £2 worth of dividends this season, etc. Like, are there just so many factors that people are trying to, to kind of rope into here to try and not prop up his price, but kind of like justify his price or, or call him undervalued? I don't know. I mean, a dividend increase benefits everyone. So just as because it's not about how much they earn, it's about their percentage yield, isn't it? So like for Messi, it's, it's just like, I don't really understand the dividend increase pushing the youth down in some respect because in the future they're winning more. Like the prospects are always the same, to be honest. I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't have an answer for anything messy related. I don't want to be on the wrong side of the community. <laughs> it's split down the middle. No one seems to be very much like, oh yeah, I can see why this and then, but I think this. It's very much like he's undervalued or he's overvalued or like, He's going to go to zero in like four years or he's going to be playing for another six years. There doesn't seem to be that many people on, in the middle. If I'm answering honestly, I think he's way overvalued. Ooh. I think the risk of him getting a big injury, he didn't start at the beginning of the season, didn't he? He had lots of niggles. And- yeah, but he's never, he's not, I don't think he's ever had a massive injury in his career, though, to be fair. I don't, I don't think he's, like, he's never done his, his cruciate or anything like that. He's never no, broke a leg. So, you know, the... the to, to suddenly start getting him at 32 I, I'm not sure I agree with that and you know he looks after himself and Barcelona's medical facilities you know we all know the rumours are on there <laughs> and that's not what I was getting at <laughs> the risk if that does happen he's got to hit zero there's so much risk I'll ask you a question would you rather hold Messi at six quid now or Ronaldo at three quid be messy, surely. Taking into account that uh, Ronaldo is what 35 now that are going on 35 uh, yeah, I'd rather hold Messi. When was the last time Ronaldo won PB? Don't remember. His PB set's gone way down, haven't they? That's what I mean. Like Messi's still like setting records and what have you. We talk about someone like Lewandowski, right? Who's is he a year younger than Messi? He's doubled in price or tripled in price in the last. Is he doubled in price? He's doubled in price in a year. He's like tripled in price. Obviously, dividend increase helped that. But since three months ago, he's gone up seventy, eighty p. What I think has, has happened a lot, though, is people will kind of use arguments to say, OK, look, Messi is overvalued or Messi is undervalued. And then when they're talking about other players who are in the same scenarios, whether it's like Ronaldo or Lewandowski, from an age perspective, I mean, and kind of like likelihood to return PB, maybe. 
we just don't use the same kind of variables to, to kind of assess them, which is, is quite strange. I think the one thing that people like undervalue the most is long-term value and short-term value. And like most of the arguments on FI are centrally over that, like Lewandowski's not going to be that price for a long time, but we're arguing, is he worth it? But in the short term, he might be. Mm. The amount of PB or whatever goals IPD is getting, you have to factor in the timescale you're looking at. If you're looking at long-term Messi, I think he's a bit overpriced. But short-term, he's winning so much. Is he overpriced? Like, theoretically, if you knew Messi was going to win the next three gold days, how high would he be? If there was 100% sure that he'd win the next three dividend days, how high would he be? That's another interesting question. You know, if it was a gold day, you're looking at a nearly 10% return. Exactly. So why shouldn't he, like, kind of rock it in the short term in that window? and then go back down. You're asking questions that I don't have answers I know, for. I've, I've <laughs> talked about this with PV man as well. Like It's a difficult one because you're arguing different times. Mm, mm, yeah, I think like the market isn't mature enough to kind of think about how players are valued, really. We, we, can, we can try really hard, but there are just so many variables and there are so many different things that factor into people's subjective opinions of different things. So it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough question. <laughs> Raw Hyde actually did an interesting thing just before the pod. Oh, I did see that. Was it on a piece of paper? Yeah. He drew a nice little diagram trying to factor every variable into what makes up someone's price. Yeah, I saw that. And it's like, there is so many you different things. You could do a things. whole pod on that. <laughs> yeah, you could. Like, there are so many different things here. Like, you've got PB, number of PB games, peak score, goals, set pieces, crosses, seasons in a PB league, age, ability, injury history, mentality. Mm. And then he says, like, there's benchmarking, speculation, etc. It's like, you know, there's too many things to think about here, really. It's interesting. I, like, if you could get all the quantifiable variables, I reckon someone like FIK Brown could do, like, a regression analysis and see what factor makes what percentage of price, <laughs> like nationality and stuff. Like, that'd be so interesting. <sighs> that, is, that is very complex. To do it on a large-scale analysis. Uh, chef, you've been um, quiet for a little while. <laughs> I'm just trying to get into trouble on Twitter. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, I'm not really. I'm not really. <laughs> I'm just enjoying listening to you guys because I don't. I, I limit my football index following. I'll be honest. It's just interesting to listen to you guys just talk shop. To be honest, I think you should ban all messy questions. To yeah, be I, it's it's too hard. Like every time I get one for the pod, I seem to flip flop a lot. So, well, I don't seem to flip flop. We as a as a podcast <laughs> seem to flip flop. To be fair, I don't own him, so it's not my problem, to be Neither honest. do I. I've never owned him. <laughs> the right guys to ask. I'd like to, though. Oh, interesting. We've got questions next. One from Tamas Somoski. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. I think you did uh, well, Thank though. you. Uh, is it Tamash, maybe? Oh, I don't know. You have 3,000 ingredients, some of them nice and fresh, some of them out of date. <laughs> you can only look at them, no touch, no smell. You have to cook an amazing meal, but you can't taste it at all. What would you cook and Fig is going to analyse it? I read this question and I was just like, what? <laughs> this is specially for you. <laughs> I know what he's getting at. There's a second part to that question, but if I was going to cook a meal where I couldn't taste it and I could just look at everything, it would have to be, I don't know, a spag bowl or something boring. <laughs> Chef for 10 years and he's cooking sleep. me spag bowl. <laughs> Yeah, but if I can't taste it, like, you know. Or or touch it, apparently. I don't know how you do that. How would you do it without touching it? There's a lot there that, you know, I can't do, so. 
I'd have to do something I know inside out yeah and then he asked a very interesting question or easy question after basically how do you value players and I think we've just we've just spent about 10 minutes answering that one really earlier good debate there but we'll move swiftly on to this one with Rawhide having been on FI only nine months what are the three most valuable mistakes you have made in that time I think this is directed at you Lualua but obviously Chef you've you've only been or you've been back for about six months so it's good for you guys to both answer this I think how does he know I've only been on nine months? Do you have it in your um, profile? Or maybe I wrote it. Uh, maybe, I put, yeah. I put it in the tweet. <laughs> I wasn't even sure about I that. I put it in the tweet. It's dark, yeah. <laughs> anyway, my first one would be not sticking to a routine. I think that's that's so important. Like, if you can find your niche and you know how to research them, you know what you're looking for, and you know just how you want to go about your business, your business is going to be so much better. Two, Learning about port size. At the beginning, it was far too big. Like I had people like address the gay at the beginning. I had like, I don't know, 50, which I think for once you get experience and once you're comfortable with the platform, I think you should, if you have the time and if you're confident enough and you don't have too much money and that you want to risk, I think you should shrink it down so you can like get on the best rises, of course. Finally, trying to find the optimal rate of port turnover. I think getting over that hump of selling, like selling in the loss, Instant selling, even like if you think someone's going to rise by m- more than 2% compared to the other player, then you should sell and buy him mm. once you're confident, anyway. And that would be my three things. Okay, interesting. Chef? The two things I've been guilty of over the last six months I've sold people too quickly when I've got on a loss and I've not been confident enough just to hold it. Mendy's been a prime example of that. I held him in the summer because I knew he was on the way back. His price like just started to decrease and I was like ah. and I, I'd, I'd only just like started to like dabble again I was like do you know what that money's better off elsewhere and then when he come back he went up by about 30p and I was like oh that's I made a bit of a mess up there and then as well I've I bought a couple at peak price that tanked a bit like Tammy Abraham I'm on about, about like a 30 I think 35p per share loss at the minute something like that and, and that was against stupidity on my packs I bought for far I'll buy him he might do alright in the IPDs but he didn't really, and now I've been. Now I'm stuck with a loss, but I mean, he'll probably go back up at some point in this season. It's just I think because I've come back and it's the market's been a bit volatile because obviously the PB matrix has changed, IPOs have started to come in, and IPDs have come back in this season as well, like all season. Mm. It's been judging when is the right time to buy, and when is the right time to sell, and I've you know I've made a pig's ear of it some sometimes. I'll be honest. How have you tried to like better that? I mean, when to sell is is so hard. I think that's one of the most common questions I get asked as well. It's um, it's super yeah. tough. How have you improved it? I've improved that by one by being more patient. I was real short termist in the summer, really short term. I probably wouldn't hold someone longer than like two weeks. And just like as soon as I started to make a profit, I'd be like, right, boom, next one. But yeah, like these are three year bets, aren't they? So <laughs> you know, you need to remember that when to buy. I mean, I still I'm working on that one, but when to sell. I've got a lot better with that. So I just look at who's in their price bracket, similar age, similar size club. If the price is like vastly outperforming those in that range, then I'll sell. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. You know, I mean, it's not it's not an exact science, is it? No. That's that's my measure of when to sell. Like I say, I ain't cracked when to buy it. Nice. Both interesting points. Cheers for that, lads. Dalian Smith here has a question. Hi, I'd be interested to know if your guests use data research products such as Index Gain and the other ones, and if so, how do they influence your trading? I don't use them personally, but I've often wondered if they could make my hunches more informed. Do you want to go first, Luala? Uh, yeah, sure. 
I think your hunch about your hunches is correct. They, they help so much. So I'd say I have uh, my kind of mental kind of looking at the index and who I pick. I'd say my, my formula is chance of divs times percentage yield if he wins plus estimated percentage price rise if he wins. And I think people who don't have kind of index gain or the other ones are really good at, at figuring out that if they win, like if a youngster win, how much his price will rise and they get really savvy and they just learn the index and learn the flow, that kind of sixth sense. But if you want that first bit as well, I think you need index game just because you can compare everyone at the same time. And, that, and that's so important when you're looking at even youngsters and people like Messi, everyone, I think you have to have it. And I mean, it's only like, what is it, seven pounds a month or whatever, mm. or if you include the fig whatever referral code fig 2020 for 50 percent off your first month over on indexgain.co.uk and if it doesn't help in the first month which i think it definitely will you can just delete it like (laughs) delete it (laughs) whatever it like i think you need to try out you don't know what you're missing (laughs) chef after your uh you know assault on xg i I don't know how much of a uh, data fan are you (laughs) i'm a massive data fan i know that'll probably surprise people i've got a y scout membership and i use it all the time it has everything with the added bonus of uh, the footage as well. Mm. I don't know how much you guys know about Scout, but it's basically it's a, started out as scouting software for clubs and scouts, agents and whatever, and it's made its way into like mainstream media. Is that the one where you can watch like clips of the players mm. and stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's got every clip. Oh, wow. Every action that they do on the pitch, is, it's there. And it's every player in the world, so, you know. And then it's got like the advanced search, so you could set the search up to search by the PB matrix, I guess, if you wanted to. I do now and again just to have a look at who's performing well. I suppose that's really useful for youngsters, isn't it? Yeah, most definitely. But then it's, again, it's factoring in all the other stuff, whether that youngster's going to make the step up or not. Or, mm-hmm. you know, but it's also got the added bonus of having like the under-23 data as well. doesn't have the clips so much, but it has a lot of the under-23 data, so that's pretty useful as well. So yeah, I use that all the time. Anyone who's gone on my website will see the graphics. They're all off Wisecout, so some great articles, I'm sure. Uh, they're all right. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, if you want good stats articles, definitely go to Statsbomb. They post some really interesting stuff. Yeah, quality stuff over at Statsbomb. Even though uh, Chef slagged them off earlier, I didn't slag them off. Like, I'm a massive Statsbomb fan. I'm a massive Statsbomb fan. We're giving them both sides of the coin, aren't we? I'm joking. But yeah, no, I, I'll see that as a plug to Index Gain. Yeah, shout out to those guys. I think they hit 5,000 members on their community recently, which is awesome. And if you guys want to find out more and maybe even purchase yourself a premium membership, FIG 2020 for 50% off your first month over on indexgain.co.uk. Check out awesome platform, ridiculous amount of stats there and, and data. I think that hunch thing is really interesting. Ever since I had uh, PB Man back on the pod, he was talking about kind of like your gut instinct is data to some extent, because mm. you're kind of like, you know, your brain is assessing all the information that it has available to it to decide whether or not something is a good idea or not. Yeah, most definitely. Like, you, if you've watched a lot of football, then you know what a good footballer looks like. Mm. It's, it's stored in your, in your memory. So, you know, you recognise what a good action is on the football pitch. Yeah, I'd go along with that. And then if you've been on FI long enough, your brain starts you know, programming itself to, to think only in the PB matrix. So it's like, yeah. has he whipped <laughs> yeah. that ball in to a striker's header? Has he cast? Has he done one-twos? Is he doing enough passing to his centre-backs, etc.? All that jazz that gives you uh, lots of points. But it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about. Got some questions here from uh, FI Headhunter, who uh, always seems to have a, a good question or two. Do you think FI should introduce chips 
like FPL. Each trader gets a triple captain once a season where dividends are tripled for one game, for example, for one of their holds. Yeah, I really like that idea, actually. When I saw that question, I was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. Like, if you just have one of those a season, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think it would be interesting. Like, I wish we could get to a point where, you know, the tech is done, the website's done, the onboarding process is way better, where they could run, obviously, these interesting promotions like that and special, like, they said they'd never do tiered BB, but if they did it for, like, Christmas, Mm. Boxing Day, or whatever, matches or something, just these little special things that, in the long run, help pull in people who haven't come in before like you i used to do a lot of poker and you look at there and the different game variables they have and the different promotions and same with betting as well like they're so established that they can pull new things all the time and then quickly get rid of them and that's just part of their business model yeah i don't know the chip thing for me i think it could get quite complex for fi i mean yeah. fi is already really complicated but if you're adding things like on this and i think you know for fi as well from a business standpoint it's a massive liability it's massive. in the Champions League finals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, if they were like, look, okay, you know, people are tripling up on Messi or whatever in a Champions League final, he wins and suddenly they're paying up 60p or 10% of his price Dangerous. in one game. That's, I mean, that's a lot of money. A lot of money for them yeah. to, to pile out. So uh, it'd be interesting. I don't think that's what FI is kind of shouting out for, to be no, fair at the moment. I'm never pretty sure there's things that they need to prioritise. And then Aaron Palace again, coming back with another one. What, if any, FPL ideas and concepts do you think FI could adopt to help them appeal more to FPL users? And then Grinder says, question for Chef, FPL has actively tried to attract a broader range of players, which has really helped the game grow. What can FI learn from this, especially when it comes to women who are still subject to a lot of hate in male-dominated online communities? So on the first one, I had a little think about this. I don't know how you'd do it. Just like thinking out loud and thinking outside the box. Doing some kind of like head-to-head match there, like mm. traders v trader. That would be interesting. I don't know how you'd do it though, because like you just have someone like Donald's got every single player, wouldn't you? Like, <laughs> smashing everyone. So I don't know how you'd do it. They'd have to cap it. And like you'd just pick one from each position. So one defender, one midfielder, one forward, and then add the matrix scores together or something like that. Do you know what I mean? And then have a little sad bit or something. I, I don't know, but something like that anyway. That's the only thing I could think of. I seem to remember, I know we're we're straying from this question, I seem to remember being at one of these trader meets and SG was was talking to Adam Cole about whether or not they should offer bets on kind of PB scores. So even if you didn't own the player, you could bet on the PB scores, which I don't think I'd like that idea because it strays too much in the traditional side of gambling, but it's certainly, I mean, I think they've thought of loads of different things is kind of what I'm trying to get across. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm not in favour of all that because it's so risky for me. That's why I like the index because, you know, there's a lot less risk, but I still get to have fun betting. Yeah, well, I think Sports Stack have kind of taken that bet on PB slash fantasy kind of scoring matrix, haven't they? And now it's made, in some senses, Football Index the very clear long-term option. Mm. And I think they doubled down on that, didn't they, with the dividend increase where they talked yeah. a lot about kind of the long-termism. And I think that's kind of interesting from an FPL side. I just want to bring it back to the question. A lot of FPL users kind of drop out after a significant period of time during the season. So I think with FI, like it can be more exciting sometimes than FPL. And like if you go from like 7 million users to, what is it? I don't know, Chef, you probably know the the stats better than me, like 700,000 by the end of the season. There's obviously, you know, the retention people just stopping yeah, their I mean, teams and stuff. A good high percentage of the, of the players like set the team on day one and don't look at it again. It's not only the hardcore who will stay in for the long haul. 
the hardcore play is it's getting bigger and bigger. The community is like massive on Twitter now. It's like it's scary. There's ten thousand people who follow me, and I just think, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, why are you following me? Like, it's just weird, man. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how FPL returns the players. I really haven't got a clue. It is what it is. People just drop out and get bored. I guess it is a grand. It's thirty-eight game weeks of the season, and it's a, it is a massive grand. Mm. I suppose the the value football index has over FPL is that there's money involved. But also that if you you miss a weekend out, it's not necessarily the end of the world, is it? No, I mean if you've got like say hundred Messi shares, you know they're a safe bet each game, like each match day that he's playing. It's one of them. You can have a rest whenever you want. Like it's not like FPL where you always have to be like active. Well, well, someone like me has to always be active anyway. I guess you know I'm on Twitter. So yeah, it's it's a weird one. It's a weird, weird community, the FPL community. <laughs> Where are you ranked nationally? Do you know? Uh, I'm 15k right now. Oh, damn, that's pretty good. Seven million. <laughs> pretty good. That's not bad. This is my lowest position since game week three. Oh, so. damn. <sighs> Fair enough. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy. <laughs> Lua, Lua, any thoughts on, on this question here? Was there one about getting females involved or something? Let's focus on this one and then move on to Grinders one first. What could FI do to you know appeal more to FPL users? I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> I think it's a pretty attractive product. I mean... Someone's keen to move on to the next question. They can't change their product too much to appeal to, to other people because you get the changing bets argument and everything. And their setup is nice at the moment. I think they could sort out media. I think that would help. That would help. The other night where Pepe, the Portuguese one, was winning buzz because of Nicola Pepe. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've got to sort that out because just to a, an outsider's perspective, that looks terrible. <laughs> but to actually appeal, I think, I mean, it's about advertising, isn't it? Mm. They've got to look at the traits, what FPL users like. Got to do more research into Advertise that. on some of the FPL content created as well. The podcast, like the FPL channels, chef. the chefs, the chefs of this world. Yeah, I do get quite a few bits on my website, to be fair, I guess. <laughs> Quick plug if anyone's listening. <laughs> I, can't even say, I won't even say the name of it. It's all right. The problem you've got with FPL users is they're all tight. <laughs> That's the problem. They're all tight. I reckon there's probably a higher trade route into daily fantasy, isn't there? Yeah. Which isn't massive in the UK, but... No, it should be bigger. It should be bigger. Yeah, definitely. But isn't it only a big thing in the US because they can't gamble traditionally? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, in the UK where you've got kind of slightly more intuitive, like normal betting and then like more exciting, well, not more exciting, but things like FI then. I know Daily Fantasy seems, uh, I don't know, I've, I've never really seen the appeal, but that's maybe me just being really like blinded and, and biased. I mean, when Yahoo was running, I won some decent money on it, to be fair. Like, if you know what you're doing in fantasy football, which I, supposedly I do, <laughs> you know, it's easy money. Like You can just easily come in the cash and just, even if it's like 30 quid or whatever, like it, it soon adds up, you know. Mm. It's really easy money because a lot of people don't play it, to be honest. You'd think with like, I mean, I was just going to say like 7 million users, but I suppose that's worldwide. I don't know how many are in the UK, if I'm honest. Mm. But you'd imagine a good proportion of them are from the UK. So the Daily Fantasy should have a higher number of players, but it's just not really that great over here. Not happening. They should target, if they if they want to get as many users as they can, which they, they obviously do, they should be targeting traditional betting because there's so many more users than fantasy. If you're talking about easy money on daily, then... Um, Betfair and all that is the hardest to win. I mean, if you're winning, they'll ban you. They only take losing players in the long run. Yeah. They should be targeting those tracks. To be fair, since I started back on the index, I ain't had a traditional bet. I ain't bet any money on You don't any. need to. No, I just play football index now, so. 
Fair enough. And on the second question, I think, Luala, you, you wanted to get onto this one. What can FI learn from FPL and when it comes to women who are still subject to a lot of hate in the male-dominated online communities? It's definitely a subject that we, we don't talk about too often on the pod, but what were your thoughts here? Well, I think for one, they need to promote the forum a little bit better because it's meant to be the official Football Index forum and it really doesn't get much traction on their website. They used to like write down the bottom and it's all right. Like it's, it's much better than Twitter for like a, abuse and stuff. Like they have a little up rating system, which is a start, but it's not enough. Like if they made it a proper forum like Reddit with moderators and all that stuff and the official FI people, I think it would be a much better place and it would be good for maybe not attracting people, but that onboarding process, like for learning, I think it's the best product out there. Like on Twitter, you're 50% is just arguments and FITP chat. <laughs> More than 50%. <laughs> on the forum, like there, there is a lot of like, people do help you out and you're not restricted by word count or whatever. Yeah. So people can actually learn on there. But it's a shame that it's kind of like a hidden kind of rough gem, I'd say, of the FI world. I think what FPL's done, it has been a bit of a slow burner, but what they have done is They've started working with content creators a lot more. I mean, I don't know if Football Index do that as much. I don't know. To be honest, I don't follow Football Index on Twitter. <laughs> but um, the Twitter account, they have the, the podcasts and the FPL Daily Shows and all the rest of it. And as much as that, like, I despise all the people who go on it. Not all the people, but most of them. Didn't your friends Tom and Nick go on it at one point? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, I like Tom and Nick. I like Tom and Nick. But there's a few people who go on it who have bought me. <laughs> Basically, because I've called out their shit opinions. But, you know, we, we won't get into that. But yeah, so the you know FPL work with other content creators and help them grow, and then that helps the community grow. And I think there's like three or four female content creators who go on, and you know they've helped them grow. One of them, FPL Holly, she's like got like thirty odd thousand followers. They've really helped her grow. That endorsement from the official account. Not that I'll ever get it. But, um. <laughs> it's tough though, because I think we saw, was it PB Man who wrote an article for one of FI's kind of newsletters that went out as an email, didn't it? I don't know if you saw that, Lua Lua. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. greeted with a lot of kind of like, again, no one was like, oh yeah, that's all right. There was a lot of like, love <laughs> it or what the hell's going on? He's just pumping players that he owns. Do you know what I mean? There was a lot of like polarizing views on what it was. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the way with Twitter, isn't it? You can't win, can you? The thing is though, what you've got to think is like, you're not trying to attract them established accounts on Twitter. You're trying to attract new Twitter users sure. that you're following. And that's what you've got to think of. Like the people just going, uh, just pumping players or whatever. They're either just jealous or they're just haters or do they want the platform to grow or not? That's what they've got to ask themselves. Yeah, I feel like they're not helping half the time. That is the thing. Like I think was it SOTDs keeps talking about like pumping the product instead of players or like your own agenda. And I think there's so few, I don't want to take away credit from people, but there are fewer and fewer, unfortunately, I think people that are kind of thinking about the platform first and I think it's it's a hard thing to do but you know everyone on FI wants FI to do well right so logically thinking everyone who's on FI should do what they can to help FI grow if that makes sense but yeah, we, yeah. we don't really see that too often like the thing comes out today about everyone's just got emails saying if you do this reference code your friend will get 10 pounds in their account and you'll get 10 pounds in your account and then people are complaining that some people have got 50 some have got 30 like get on with it, <laughs> refer your friends. Like if more money, you get a bigger referral bonus. Like that's just kind of how things work. If you pay more money, you, you get better rewards. Mm. I've got like 10,000 followers who probably like really small amount of them play football index. Like I've got quite a few potentials there. People are going to like give me shit for that. Like, I mean, I'd like to see them try. <laughs> <laughs> get tweeting after this, mate. Get tweeting after this. Oh, it's smart. On the um, women who are still subject to hate, a lot of hate in male-dominated online communities, I think 
it's a tough one because like obviously this is very societal in the way that you know football gambling and and a load of other industries are very male dominated and a lot of them are very kind of like old school men who are kind of like you know grew up in kind of like a different era we've seen Alex Scott for example become like a really good pundit in the last like couple of years and even she's got a lot of abuse so much hate crazy hate and a lot of it from twitter so Twitter has like a lot of great aspects to it. One of the bad things is, I guess, that anyone can kind of tweet anything, really. That's why I quite like if they promote the forum, like they can be in charge of it mm. and they can get away from like Twitter, which has fairly rubbish kind of limitations on hate and stuff. Yeah. And that could be like their little corner. That's definitely true. I've been having actually trouble like logging into the forum since they... The same, I've been logged out for a while. They, they don't care about it at all, which is a shame. Really. Since the new website's become the main one, it's been a tough one for me, annoyingly. I get the forum thing, I think, but from an FI standpoint, they want growth at the moment. Yeah, they want it to be worldwide. Twitter is the best aspect for that. Yeah, social media is where you grow up, isn't it? Like, let's be honest. It is a bit crap because there's a lot of misogynistic, like, attitudes towards women when it comes to football and betting and what have you. I mean, I can only name, like, one female football index account, to be honest. I mean, you guys are probably better placed than me. I don't know. Yeah, I can only name, like, two or three, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Bit of a shame, isn't it? But. It's only going to get better through people working together. There doesn't seem to be a lot of that, I'll be honest. Mm. Like, it seems real fragmented, the football index community. From an outsider looking in, it does seem really fragmented. Time to get together, lads and ladies, then push the platform in the right way, I think. We've got a question here from Kay Brown, who was on the podcast a couple episodes ago. Definitely check out. He was awesome. Carl Brown he says, do you feel any leagues in particular are overvalued or undervalued? And if so, why? God, well, it's the old English youngsters, isn't it? Like, they're way overvalued sometimes like they just think a bit so any any like english youngster who has a sudden burst of form he just his price goes crazy it's all right getting in early on those guys but people can get banned as well i guess i think you know underpriced probably the french league there's some good players in there that are quite underpriced i'm not going to name any because i'll get accused of pumping (laughs) (laughs) i think you should always look at individuals like looking at trends and league-wide trends are interesting and helpful if you want to dive deeper but You always need to look at individual. But I did look today because I wanted to answer Carl's question. I did look at the overs in the league and total PB divs one and the average implied dividend yield. And that's on my Twitter. So you can see that. I'll read out some stats. I hope everyone's familiar with IDY. But Serie A forwards have the best average IDY at 1.9. For those that don't know, do you want to to tell us IDY? IDY is implied dividend yield. So it's looking at their scores and what they should have won in PB divs on like an average day. So Serie A forwards are the best by some margin in that, in the forward category. In the midfield category, France midfielders are the best. And in the defender category, Bundesliga defenders are the most kind of undervalued from index games perspective. Mm. Like you can look at that and say all the EPL players are slightly... And this is purely PB divs wise, so that's why their their average price is much higher. And if you just look at my Twitter, the graph explains it slightly better. It's it's interesting though because you've got the obviously the MB appeal is is far greater with the Prem players, so mm-hmm. making up for that gap is probably a bit of that. I'm interested to hear your thoughts and whether or not you think some of these Premier League players have gotten kind of overvalued over this kind of period that we're in right now. So again, it's short term, long term, long term debate. Yes, probably. Most people are probably waiting for the other leagues to bottom out now so they can jump over to them. And it's just a constant kind of trend chasing, which which is very profitable. 
I've completely changed my tactics in the last month or so. I've changed from like a pure PB evaluating kind of lots of Excel and my own stuff to this trend chasing to like kind of big market analysis of price movement and following players. And it has been so much more profitable. Like you look at Ginger Perlo, who's kind of like changing his turnover of port is massive. And it's like for the experienced user, you're not looking for valuable players. You're looking for players who are rising, aren't you? You don't care about the value. So in some sense, that's what I don't love about FI. Like you're not always looking for the the best players, the best PV div players. You're just following the money. (laughs) Following the money. We've got a question here from one of your mates, FPL addict Chris here. Chef, what do you prefer and find most beneficial data or watching and analyzing games? And I guess this is open to both of you guys. I mean, it's always watching the game for me. Like, I much prefer watching a game to just reading the stats. I, I, I try and watch as much football as I can because obviously, like, FPL is like my bread and butter. I watch every single Premier League game from the weekend, like the full 90 minutes. You watch every single one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wow. part of my ritual every week. Yeah, I know it's sad. <laughs> That's a lot of time watching games. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never ever heard or met someone to do that. It's pretty pretty impressive. It's it's sad. That's what it is. <laughs> I need to just like without going into like details about my job. Like my job is quite intense. So some weeks it's just like a thirty minute highlight package of every game. But most weeks it is like every game, the full game. I mean, obviously you couldn't do that for football index because you just didn't enough hours in the day. Yeah, you would you would sleep never. Yeah, I mean, it'd be quite fun, fun job, wouldn't it, but watching all that football. So yeah, data has its place, but yeah, I'm as prefer watching the game. I'm, I'm an absolute football nut. It is my life. I'm addicted to football. So watching the game always, but data has its place. I'd say beneficial-wise, if we're talking enjoyment, definitely the game. Like, I just want to watch my players, watch who I'm looking to buy, you know. But if you're actually talking beneficial money-wise and kind of long-term investment, then definitely data. I feel like it's very hard to argue with that unless you're watching every single game and you're collecting that in your head. Which chef is, clearly. (laughs) Yes. I just feel like with data, obviously, you can look at every game quickly. with just a quick scroll. So data, definitely. We've got a last question here from, I always say on the podcast, like, I didn't really anticipate how crazy and wacky people's usernames would get. I think I, I always say to Nick and Tom, chef, that, you know, there are some strange FPL handles because there's so many FPL players, but F.I. Van Gromit. Oh, what? <laughs> I think his avatar is like Gromit from Wallace and Gromit. Okay. Interesting. I find it so funny because you get people just with their usual Twitter handles saying, should I join F.I.? What's it like? And then you get a slew of comments with F.I. Van Gromit, F.I., 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 FPL addict. The responses are sometimes like, Okay, you sound very impartial. Yeah. Thanks for your input. <laughs> like, fuck off. So I feel like maybe as a community, we need to get rid of the F5 bit. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I mean, uh, I don't know. But it's easier for people to find you on Twitter search engine if you've got any handle. That's, that, that's all it is. That's why I've got FPL yeah. in man. I hate having FPL in man. But... You just want to be chef. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Like... But that's a hard handle to get hold of. Yeah. But he says, what market activity are we expecting to see over the festive period and into the new year? I think you're best place to answer this. Oh, why is that? You haven't been here. We haven't been on a whole year. Oh, damn. This was my time where I was going to stall and go on Index Gains tweet where they talked about how much the index rose last January. I've got it here. 
the footy growth last January from Boxing Day until the end of January. So that's like, what, 25, uh, 35 days? The start of the period was 48,000. The footy at the end of the period was about 60,000. So 12,000 increase. So you're looking at, what's that, like 23%, something like that, something like that. Jesus. Uh, it's 25% yeah, yeah. on the dot. Yeah, ish. That's mental. It's going to be harder to grow by that much. Oh, yeah. This year, but at the same time, their marketing budget is probably much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Or you'd hope so anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's a big drive in there at the minute. Yeah, I think it's just about to start bubbling up. I mean, just about to kick Because off. what they'll do, I mean, from a business standpoint, you'll use all your money that you've saved a little bit over like October, November to like start kick off that like end of December, January. And then you've got like next year's budget to just like, absolutely plow as much marketing into january as you can so it's it's going to be super interesting to see i mean i'm scared about my dms if it does another 25 percent. to be fair <laughs> it will not be a nice time well it'll be it'll be fun it'll be great if i will be doing amazing and i'm i'm sure everyone will benefit greatly but um i'm i'm ready it's what is the meme it's the guy with the sword and the whole army is kind of like hitting him is that the, the right meme to use in this situation i think it is yeah just claim it I don't know if you guys got anything else that you wanted to to chat about that we didn't um, that we didn't already cover, Loa Loa. No, not really. I think we touched everything. I mean, I'm I'm so sad. I'm traveling during this January because mm. I think it's going to kick off. I think a lot of those prem players, like I don't know the people who are in hot form, like maybe Jesus tonight and Rashford and stuff. All those people are, with the new users, they could really really take off. Yeah, mate. Keep a little bit in. You should write like a weekly post about not being able to touch your portfolio. Something like that would be funny. <laughs> if you had to buy one player for January and February, who would you take? Oh, put me on the spot. I don't know. I'm not going to answer that. Chef? <laughs> uh, Zaha. Ooh, okay. Zaha. Luar? Oh, I think he's so overrated as a player. <laughs> okay. oh, that's a bit ash. He's a great player in an average team, and in a great team, he's an average Ooh. player. I'd say that's. It's just going to be linked with like different team. That's what I'm getting at. He his, will his media be. buzz yeah. will just be amazing in January. That's what. That's why I'm saying Zaha. Maybe. All right. Where can people find out more about you, Luar Luar, before you disappear and uh, piss off to wherever you're going, and then fuck FI off for Betfair Exchange? <laughs> yeah, I tried to produce a little few things before I go off, and I'll be dropping more stuff at Luar Luar FI in this December just to say my farewell for a couple of months and hopefully we all do very well. <laughs> Safe travels. Uh, Chef, where can people find out more about you if they're not following you already? It's just Twitter, isn't it? So it's FPL underscore Chef. Just come and get involved in the madness that is my Twitter food. <laughs> Sometimes I look at your tweets and I'm like, why haven't I muted him? Because it's just like <laughs> chaos sometimes. It's chaos. Did crack me up though. Does crack me up. Good part of the FI community as well. I'm an acquired taste. <laughs> if you guys are commuting right now and you've weirdly managed to get through one hour, 30 minutes of this, a lot of it has been nonsense, then I applaud you. Have a great commute and I hope this has made it a lot bit quicker. If you guys aren't commuting, doing whatever you're doing, watching every Premier League game on a weekend, then have fun doing that. If, sorry we didn't get to answer all your questions. There were quite a few. And last but not least, Football Index is a gambling platform. Only bet where you can afford to lose and stop when the fun stops. Cheers for listening, everyone. See you later. 